Welcome back to the Footy Attic Podcast. Um, so we've got all four of us back again. Me, Sam Oliphant, Leon Redfern, Ed Baisley and Tom Evans. And today we're going to do like a different sort of podcast. We're going to do something about, you know, Premier League awards. A lot of people would do Premier League team of the seasons. We're going to do Premier League awards and we're just going to see what everyone's opinion is, first of all. So we're going to jump right into it, boys. And the first player I want to talk about is your most surprising player of the season. Which player surprised you the most? So, Leon, who would you go with there? Uh, for my most surprising player, I've gone Joel Willock. I remember watching him at the start of the season for Arsenal, and I was like, this guy's buying average. He wouldn't start in our team. And I remember him, he was, in January, he went on loan to Newcastle. I was like, Newcastle in a Steve Bruce system. I can just see, I could just see his career like fizzling out and just turning into like almost like a John Joe Silvey career. And then last couple of games, I've got down here seven goals in seven games. That's 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 insane for a centre midfielder in a Steve Bruce system. And what surprises me is his ball ball carrying skills. I saw his goal yesterday against uh, was it Fulham again? He he, he came from his, his own half and travelled and scored a goal. And I'm like, this guy has been he's very surprising for me. And I, I just can't get over his transformation in the past six months. Maybe you could say Jesse Lingard, but for me. He's really blossomed in, under Steve Bruce, and to blossom under Steve Bruce, that's a bloody miracle because he can't get he can't get anyone pl- playing well. Joe Linton scored about two goals this season, and Joe Willock scored seven. So for me, it's Joe Willock. Ed, what are you saying? Um, I've gone with Patrick Bamford. First of all, when Leeds signed Rodrigo Moreno for thirty million, club record signing, I thought this guy's coming in. Bamford's going straight on the bench, and. What's impressed me the most about him is his goal output. He scored 17 goals in the Premier League and he only ever got 16 in the Championship, which is a lower division with a lot more games. And his output has been better in the Premier League, which doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. But I guess it's testament to both Bielsa's management and Bamford's incredible work ethic. And Tom, what are you saying? I've gone with Luke Shaw. I think this season he's just turned into a different beast. I mean, he's turned into the player that we thought he could be when he left Southampton. I think for the last few seasons, he's sort of just been a bang average left back. And I think bringing in Tellers at the start of the season has really sort of given him a kick up the backside to let him know that, you know, his place in the team is not safe. And he's just turned into, like, like I said, a different beast of player. He bombing down the left wing. Him and Rashford on that side is dangerous. And he cemented his... Well, for me, anyway, he starts for England at the Euros. Mm-hmm. He's by far England's best left-back this season. I think he's been the best left-back in the Prem this season. So, yeah, I, for me, no-brainer, Luke Shaw. So, I've gone for quite a weird one. You guys might be a bit surprised with it. But I'm going to go Edison Cavani. because Mainly because when he first came in at the start of the season, I think he came with quite a lot of negativity around him in terms of it was almost... Because United weren't spending the money in the summer. And there was a lot of negativity around him. A lot of people thought he'd have a lot of injuries and that he wouldn't have it, that he had it at PSG. And he just came up with so many goals close to the end of this, back end of the season. And you know what? I think 10, 11 goals for this season as a, at the age of years, I think that's quite impressive, um, especially in the Premier League. And it shows he can still do it. You know, he's earned himself another contract at, at Man United, which again, that surprised me. I didn't expect we would at the start of the year, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I've gone for Edison Cavani there. I think he's been class this season and it's actually surprised me quite a lot at how good he's been. Um, so, boys, next award. 
Well, who actually, who, who should we say overall? Would you say he's got the best argument here for the most surprising player? Who do you think should get it? Well, definitely. Um, Tom's argument convinced me the most, I reckon, because he, he was kind of one of them. He looks like his career was just disappearing, and this season he's been brilliant. Yeah, but isn't Luke Shaw just living up to his price tag now? Like, it's not like we didn't know Luke Shaw was a good player. Yeah, but about six years later. Like, I, I, I mean, I'd be happy to go along with Luke Shaw. I'll happy to go with Luke Shaw, but I, I always thought he was a decent player. Obviously, at the, at the start of the season, did you think he'd be as good as he is now? Did you think he'd be starting for England at the Euros? Because I personally didn't even. No think chance. That. No chance. Oh, that was nailed on Ben Chilwell. Yeah. I would have gone, gone Ben Chilwell. Yeah, I, yeah easily, easily. Shaw sure might not have even got on the plane, to be honest. Yeah, with you. I, I agree. Mm-hmm. No, but I, I just don't agree with Cavani because, like, he's he was he's been a proven goal scorer for the last ten years. Yeah, but I, I was talking more about the negativity which came alongside the transfer in itself, and a lot of people didn't actually expect much from him. I know a lot well, of United fans, United, a lot of the United fan base were not happy with the transfer. What about Bamford, Tom? Having watched a lot of the Championship, did you ever think he'd score as many goals as Hyung Min Son in a season? Definitely not. I thought he'd be. You know, I thought he'd just be Patrick. Pa- yeah. I thought he'd just be Patrick Bamford this season, just score, yeah, literally, get a couple of goals, but not be anything special. Whereas this season, he's put himself in contention for the England squad. So yeah, I, I can I completely understand that argument, especially considering how like I wouldn't say he's bang average in the championship, but I always thought he was a championship level striker. I thought mm, he was too mm. too good for the championship, not good enough for the Prem. For me, it was just a case in the championship. For every goal he scored, he missed about eight. And he's not been missing clear opportunities as much this season, which is really impressive. Yeah. Are we all agree with Luke Shaw then? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'd I'd go Shaw. I'd go Shaw. So next award is for the best youngster. So, Leon, who are you nominating? All right. I'm going to show a bit of Arsenal bias to you. It's obviously Bakayo Saka. 18 (laughs) years old, 11 goal involvement, seven goals, four assists. In an absolute torrid Arsenal side, I think that I think that I think what really showed how good he's been this season is he's been Arsenal's best player at 19 years old to be a best player at a, a, a club of Arsenal stature. And what I've, what what I've seen, what I've taken away from this season from a guy like is he's become much more ruthless in front of goal. Like last season, he got a lot of assists, but when he came in front of goal, he couldn't hit a barn door down. Well, this year he's he's got four, uh, he's got less assists, he's got seven goals, and he. I like. I just like how he can play multiple positions. Like he just looks mm. brilliant. All like in a nineteen-year-old to play left back, centre mid, and left wing and right wing, and to look out of depth. That's really telling how, how, how much of a good player he is. And obviously, you might see Fordens, but I just look at the impact he's on. And I, the impact he's on his team is greater than what Fordens had. Whereas Fordens got plenty of good players around him, and his stats look bit better. Whereas Saka has got a really poor attack and he's getting good output out of it. So I'd go up with Saka personally. And how about you? It's got to be Foden for me. Like, let alone best youngster. He is just one of the best players there is in Europe. He's arguably been City's best player apart from Rudy Diaz this year. And City, obviously, they've won two trophies already. I'd back them to win the Champions League. And Phil Foden is a massively integral part of that team. So he he's clear for me. And Tom? Completely agree with Ed. I don't even know how you can put Saka anywhere near Foden. 
Foden's had a goal involvement every other game. And he, he, I think he's, he's one of the best players in the world. I, th- mm. I really do believe that, that he's so good. I don't know how you could put anything other than Phil Foden. I mean, I mean, I was thinking more below 20 years old, but you know what? I'd be happy to go Phil Foden. I did put Mason Greenwood down, but I'd be happy to go Phil Foden. I think, I think, I think that's probably the right decision here. I thought I was thinking more under 20 year olds, but yeah, I think Phil Foden deserves it. He's still 20 years old. That's still very young. I think we forget about how long he's been around for, actually. Yeah. So, yeah. I think like, all... <laughs> the obvious answer is Foden, but I think, like, this category is for, like, people that have... It's, like, it's almost like a breakout award, whereas I feel like Foden's already established. No, yeah, I'd, say so I'd say Foden has stepped up this year. Last season, if I had seen Foden in a team, I wouldn't have been too bothered. Now when I see him in a team, I actually get mm. a little bit nervous because I think he brings a lot of quality. I'd start him for England in summer. Oh yeah, I would. I don't know where would you play him though, left wing or, or come? No, I play I play him in midfield so that we can have all our good wingers on. True. If this was filmed in January, I would have gone Pedro Neto, but he's been he's been rubbish for the last six months. Yeah, he, he started the he started the season on fire, and I was like, yeah, I was he's never, done nothing for ages. Yeah, he? yeah, he's done nothing. But yeah, I'll agree to Foden because obviously he is probably the best under twenty three in the world with Holland right oh, now. Yeah. So. Yeah, he, he is 20 years old as well. He, he is yeah. That's he's, insane. I mean, he's in the conversation with Haaland and, and Mbappe, definitely. Oh, oh, he's, yeah, yeah. Right. right. MVP. So, I, I mean, I've got a couple of names here, but Leon, who have you got? Uh, For me, a lot of people say I might say Ruben Diaz, but for me, 37 goal involvements, Harry Kane, easy. 23 goals, 14 assists. For for a, a striker to win the assist award and the, and the and the golden boot, it's just insane. And you look what he's done for Spurs this year. I don't even know where Spurs have finished very low this season. And wherever the people for Harry Kane, that's I feel like this season he showed that he's got great build-up play, which I didn't think I didn't think Harry Kane could do. I just thought he was almost like a target man. He stayed in the penalty area, scores his goals, he go back, but his hold-up play. He's like the perfect number, number nine or ten you want in the world. Like, you look at him. Would you say he's the best striker in the world? I'd probably say he would. Lewandowski. Obviously, Lewandowski brought brought a good Wooler's uh, record the other week. But for me, I think Harry Kane's the best striker in the world on form right now. And 37 goal moments. That's like near, nearly near Armie's record. I think Armie mm. got like 14 one season. 37, not too bad indeed. So I've got Harry Kane. Ed. I absolutely agree 100% with Leon and a couple of statistics I found which kind of cement Harry Kane's position as MVP for me is the fact that he's the first player to have the most goals and assists in a single Premier League season since Andy Cole in the 93 to 94 season. So that shows that it's a very rare thing to hit the kind of numbers that Kane has this season. On top of that, Tottenham have scored 68 goals this season. Kane, directly involved in 37, that's over 50% of Tottenham's goals. Quite frankly, they would be buggered without him. Tom, who are you saying? I've gone with Ruben Diaz, but I I completely understand everyone else's arguments. I've gone with Ruben Diaz because I think he just... A bit like Van Dyke when he came into Liverpool, he just completely shored up the defence. He's made John Stones look like a world-class centre-half. 15 clean sheets in 32 games, I think. So, 
you know, I, I think he's been fantastic, but at the same time, I'm not going to argue against Harry Kane. Yeah, I've put Harry Kane as well down. I think if you look at the reliance Spurs have on him, I think it's quite mental. And I think you've also got to look at, I mean, I mean, from my perspective, he's completely changed my opinion on him. If, if you said to me last season, would I take Harry Kane in my team? I'd be, you know, a bit, because I didn't think he had everything he needed to be a striker. But I think this season he's, he's stepped up massively. And mm. I think he's proven why he's one of the best in the world. So, here, I think, are we all agreeing Kane then? Yeah, yeah. one sec. Where yeah. does where does where does everyone think Harry Kane will go in the summer? Um, I would say City. I wouldn't want to see that, but I think it's where he's going to go because he doesn't strike me as being the type of guy who wants to go abroad. City, the obvious choice. He said he wants to win trophies. Man City are going to win a lot more trophies. Yeah, so I, I mean, think... I'd argue Man City because I, I, the other thing I'm looking at is United have just offered Cavani a new contract, yeah. and how, what does that say to Cavani if they just bring in? Harry Kane as well. I think if competition. Bit, I think he's a bit. I think he's bit the wrong time to go now because uh, if you look at United, Sancho, they're going to go for Sancho, and City are going to go for Holland. So I'm like, where does he go? Like, I don't, I don't see. I don't see a home for him. So I think. I think he I'd, I'd. If I was a Man City fan, I'd probably rather see them sign Kane than Haaland. I would no, as well. Really? Haaland's yeah. got six years on Kane. Yeah, he's got proven goal, like Premier League goal scoring ability. Yeah, though. and uh, he's he's twenty eight. He's still got another at least five years playing he's, in the Premier League. He's just about to hit his prime as well. Yeah, so he's I got think a bad injury record though. If if you got the balls that like, all the chances Harry Kane gets at Spurs, I mean, not a lot of them are just half chances. Mm, so mm. if you get De Bruyne and Foden supplying him, he could score like forty goals in a yeah, season. Yeah, he actually could. Yeah, he could easily. Yeah, I think he should go to City. I, I want him to go to City because I want to see how good he can really be when he's not being held back by mm. Sissoko. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, all you've got to look at is a class in player as well. It's it's Tottenham are poor, and Tottenham could be poor for a while now. I'm, 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 oh, it, it, I'm when Kane goes, they're in I think, big, they, I think they could be in trouble for a while. Yeah. yeah. Only time will tell, I guess, huh? Yes, one of them. Right, boys. Goal of the season. So I think we might have a spread here in terms of what we consider as the best goal. Yeah. I'm gonna mm. come. To, I'm gonna come to Tom first. Tom, what are you saying? I mean, I didn't want to. I didn't want to think about this one too much. I didn't want to look at every single goal uh, of this, like every single goal of the month, and pick one. I sort of thought what goal stood out to me the most, and I picked James Madison versus Man City early on in the season because. That was quite a big, it's quite a big game at the start of the season, sort of set the tone for where the season was going to sort of head, and that goal from Madison was just an absolute worldie. So, you know, there, there could be you boys could give me some others that I think, yeah, that could be better. But the, when I thought goal of the season, that's the first thing that came to my head. So that's why I picked that. Ed, I've gone for the Cavani chip. The other day was it against Southampton? Fulham. If I correctly recall, oh, was it Fulham? Sorry, when he shipped it, like he wasn't that far much in front of the halfway line. He's ah, oh, the glorious goal, like the technique, like the audacity to do that and to actually pull it off as well shows what we've been missing really by not having Cavani playing in England. Yeah, Leon, I was very close to picking that one, but. This one that I picked, it despises me saying this one because I hate the player. 
But what a what a goal it was! It has to be Eric Lamella's versus those in the North yeah, London derby. The audacity to a Rabona in the box, and if and it, I think it makes like two players that went in. I was just like I was I was actually stunned that he had the audacity to do it. And obviously, I hate Eric Lamella. He's an absolute horrible bastard. To much point. <laughs> <laughs> he always gets red cards. I swear he got red cards in the last North London derby. But the cheek, the cheek to do that. And he, he does this. I remember he's one in the, in the Europa League where it's, he was outside the box and did a reward and it went in. So for me, the sheer cheek of, to do that in the Premier League, in, a, in the North London Derby, one of the biggest games in the world, easily not easily that for me. Yeah, I've I've gone Eric Lamella's goal as well. Because, I mean, yeah. if you think about it as well, Arsenal were all over Tottenham in that game as well. Yeah. And he, he scored the first goal and that, he's just whipped that out. Yeah, the audacity you do that in the situation he was in, it's just incredible. I mean, there's another goal that I put down here, and it never actually got selected as, you know, goal of the month for, man, uh, for match of the day. But, you know, Luke Shaw's goal against Manchester City? I think if you look at that from a team perspective, as a team goal, and the way the ball came forward on the counter-attack as quickly as it went forward, mm. I think that was also a superb, superb, superb goal. Superb goal, which, um, <laughs> which never really got recognised as a good goal. But, I mean, I think my main option there would be Eric Lamella's goal against Arsenal. Yeah. I think that was a class mm. goal. Glad to what Sam said was in like a goal um, not being recognised for what it was. Like, as you said, that Manchester United goal in the derby was a brilliant counter-attack goal. I don't think quite enough credit's been given to Ebiezi for that goal against Sheffield United. OK, it was oh, them, but he ran through the entirety of their team, opened his body out, curled it into the bottom corner. It was a fantastic goal. <laughs> yeah, it was a good goal to fair. So... I mean, I'm I'm a bit stuck now because I mean Tom's put up a good goal there forward, and Ed's also put a good goal forward. Yeah, I, I I'm happy to go. Side edge towards to Lamella. Yeah, yeah. I think that's I'd a ridiculous technique. That was very close. The Cavani goal was as cheeky as cheeky as well. Like to do to lob someone that far out is that mm. cheeky. Bad goal, Lamella. Okay, yeah, I, th- I think I think we're in agreement there. But the fact that he got sent off after it as well, I think that just adds something yeah. to the goal as well. Yeah, yeah. it's over the middle, isn't it? He gets one goal, gets one red card. I mean, he's got the same amount of red cards he's got goals this season, hundred percent. That was also the thing for me. I think that goal actually overshadowed that game as a whole because I remember watching. It, I thought Arsenal dominated Spurs from start to yeah. finish. Yeah, like, and then he came up with that. I thought, okay, but I still never believed Tottenham would come away with a win in that game. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Your guys' manager of the season. I'm going to come back to Tom first again because he's done Leon a couple of times. So, Tom? I've gone with David Moyes. Mm-hmm. I think he's done a brilliant job with West Ham. I mean, it's a second spell then. I think when he came back for the second time, I I don't think West Ham fans were too happy with the sort of ambition of the club going back to David Moyes. But if you see what he's done this season... Take, like they've been in the top four for like in top four contention for a while. They've got Europa League now. Mm. He, he he's turned a player like Jesse Lingard back into a world beater again, you know. So I think it's it's de- very difficult to look past David Moyes. Obviously Pep Guardiola's won the league and he's probably well. For me, he's the best manager in the world. But I think David Moyes, what he's done with West Ham has been brilliant. So I, I'm I'm going to say David Moyes, and I, I'm sure a few of you boys will agree with that. Ed, are you agreeing? Yeah, I'm I'm 100% going Moyes. What he's produced out of that West Ham squad is just phenomenal, really. Because Tom mentioned Guardiola there. 
But the thing with Guardiola, of course, like, I'm not dissing him. He's a fantastic manager. His style of football is absolutely beautiful. But at Man City, he fully has the resources to do what he does. Whereas what Moyes has done at West Ham is vastly overachieved. Like, no disrespect to the squad, but he has brought the best and more out of those players. Jared Bowen, I really rated him at Hull in the Championship. Didn't think he'd do it really in the Prem as much, and he's been great. Fournals has had a good season. Obviously, Lingard has been unreal. Suchek and Rice, I would argue Moyes has made them the best defensive midfield pairing in the league. Their fullbacks are insane. Cresswell and Sufal. Uh, Sufal's deliveries are absolutely on point. Like the way Moyes has coached these players is just brilliant. Leon, are you agreeing with them? Well, I was thinking about Thomas Tuchel for the impact he's done at Chelsea. He could potentially win the Champions League. He, obviously, he's lost the FA Cup now. So, obviously, I'm not going to pick Tuchel. But, obviously, I feel like he, gets, he has to get a good shot because, obviously, pre pre him, like a Lampard absolutely destroyed Chelsea. But, uh, for me, that's David Moyes. I've got down here, they finished 16th last, last season. They finished 6th this season. It's got 10 places in one season. And obviously, Europa League for the first time in, I think, about six years, something like that. Obviously, the Lingard effect, turning Lingard into one of the best second fielders in the league this season. Mm. And uh, he's in, he's improved players a lot. Like I feel like every West Ham fan, like to go from Pedigrini, obviously a, a top manager, to go to David Moyes, I think everyone was like, oh, not not again. Like This is like a Sam Allardyce appointment. But he just seems like he's got them playing attacking football. Like Mikel Antonio's a good player now. Like mm. stuff, it, he's just for me, David Moyes. His his career turnaround has been insane. To go from like getting Sunderland relegated to uh, being like a top ten manager, it's just insane. Yeah, I've also gone with David Moyes. I think a lot of people forget where this team was at the start of the season. They were actually in turmoil. Like the club was, supporters weren't happy with the club. What the club had done in the summer. With the players that they sold and everything, it was, it was you know atrocious. But I think West Ham have always been a team that have promised so much but delivered so little. If you look at previous seasons when the with the players have brought in and everything, but I think this season they've actually delivered these players from previous seasons, and I think they completely deserve to be where they are. And yeah, I'm I'm going David Moyes as well. So I think I think we're all agreeing there, aren't we? Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. So. Over 30s player. Ed, we'll come to you first. Who's your over 30s player of the season? There were some people who I was trying to cheekily sneak into this, but um, they either weren't quite 30 or turned 30 in the middle of the season. Prime example, Ilkay Gundogan. Uh, so I've not gone with him. I have, however, gone with his teammate, Fernandinho. He's astonishing, really, the way he keeps that Man City team ticking at his grand old age he's just I don't know I guess if James Milner had a bit of flair that is Fernandinho mm-hmm. uh, Leon uh, I've gone with Craig Dawson at West Ham uh, superb this year on loan from Watford I didn't think he'd have that effect at all like all these careers has been like a he was good at West Brom I remember being, uh, being good at West Brom on the Telepulis but for most of his careers it's been like a Premier League centre back, but they were in this year. He's just turned into one of the Premier League greats. He's, he's he's really good in the box, brilliant defender. And I was thinking about Johnny Evans at Leicester, but I've gone Craig Dawson. And Tom, what are you saying? 
Uh, I also went with Fernandinho. I think he's only played 21 games this season, but for his age, I think he's just so solid. Like he keeps Man City. Like, I think, like I said, taking them over. He just does. He does what he needs to do, but so well. And I think him alongside Rodri is just. Oh, I think they're fantastic. So yeah, I've gone with uh, Fernandinho. But I think Mark Noble as well as him with a shout. I think he's been like a brilliant captain for West Ham this season. So as much as I'd like to throw Mark Noble in there because he's going on a European tour next season, which baffles me. But I I, I will go with Fernandinho. I've gone Ilkay Gundogan. He's 30 years old, so he, he qualifies. Um, he's been class this season. Is I mean, he had that spell. Was it from about February to was it to the end of March where he's scoring every game? He's mm. brilliant, and yeah. you know what? I think the con- the goal contributions that he's done to- towards Man City this season again. I think that's he's been a, a big factor in terms of their success in the se- in the league. So I've I've nominated um, Ilkay Gundogan for that position. I don't want to say Cavani. I was thinking about Cavani. Yeah, I don't but think I, he's been I, better than Gundogan. I wouldn't say he's been better than certain players. Yeah. Again, you could have argued Fernandinho and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, who are we saying then, boys? I'd still stick with Fernandinho, I reckon. Yeah, I, I think Fernandinho as well. He's won the league, isn't he? Is yeah. That, we give, I'd say Fernandinho. And I think in terms of the way he, what he brings to the team, which is something different than goal contribution, I think that's something else that you have to think about. And yeah, mm. I'm happy with that. So next, so the next category is um, the unsung hero. So Ed, what are you saying for that one? I've gone with Wilfred Zaha, which you might be surprised by, um, but he's a player who's gone from being one of the most overrated players in the league, in my opinion. Whereas this season, he's been really good, but he's underrated. He's got eleven goals and two assists this season in a Crystal Palace side who don't score that many goals, and I think he's virtually gone unnoticed. He's got just under a third of Palace's goal contributions this season. So without him, they'd be near the relegation zone, which is why I've gone for him. Leon? Uh, I've gone for Stuart Dallas of Leeds United. For me, I saw his stats today and I couldn't even believe it. He's got eight goals, two assists. And for 10 goal involvements in his first Premier League top five football, I've never even heard of it in my life. Like, Obviously, I, I try and dip my toes in terms of football, but I've never heard of Stuart Dallas before. Actually, I, I remember watching him at the Euros, but that was it. Or the World Cup or something. I don't know, whatever. Well, I don't even know who he is. So let's carry on. Uh, so he's got. I, I saw here, he's played left-back and centre midfield this year. That's all he's played. I'm like, for a left-back and centre midfield to get eight goals, that, that's that's insane. I remember his performance at Man City. He was, he, was, he was really good. Obviously, you can look at Bielsa and the Bielsa effect. He makes decent plays look amazing. But for me, unsung hero, because you don't see a lot of players, people talking about him as like team of the season. Whereas you look at centre midfielders head to head, I feel like he might have a shot for team of the season. So I go up Stuart Dice. Tom? I really struggle to think of people for this. So I've got a couple of names that are just, I'll throw them out there, but I'm not necessarily putting a massive argument for them. I've put potentially Gareth Bale has gone under the radar this season because he's, he's only made 20 appearances and had 13 goal involvements. You know, pe- people saying that he's like he's passed it and whatever, like 13 goal involvements and in, in only 20 appearances. You know, not all of them have been starts as well. That's only in the Prem. That's not including Europa League and the cup games. 
I think he's been a really good player for Spurs this season. I think he's definitely helped Kane out a lot because Kane has to rely on, well, it's really Son and Bale. I think Son's been, I think he's been poor by his standards anyway this season. Uh, I've also thrown Gilfie Sigurdsson into the mix because I think a lot of talk at the start of the season was on James Rodriguez being the player to come in and change Everton where Rodriguez hasn't really featured as much as Everton fans would have liked. And Sigurdsson's won them the most points this season. I think he's been like re- a really, really valuable asset to Everton. Um, I also put Fernandinho on there as well, just because I feel like he he sort of just goes under the radar for what he does. He doesn't contribute to goals. So I've put his name forward as well. They're the three names I've got, but I'm not necessarily putting an argument forward for either one. Yeah, I've gone I've gone with is it Vladimir Sufal. Um oh, yeah. Uh, West Ham. I, I think. I think in a team which has done so well this season, I think we were talking a lot about him at the start of the season. But he's he's kind of, I'd say, in terms of how people have regarded him, I think he's faded off a little bit. But I think in a team where he's got, for example, Suchek, Declan Rice, um, you know, Jesse Lingard, all players who have had a lot of talk about them. I think he's kind of gone under the radar at how good he's been this season, both attacking and defensively. So that, uh, he's the person I'm throwing into the mix. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of good, you know, mm. players that have all been mentioned there. I mean, I think for argument's sake, I'd probably say Stuart Dallas. I think I'd I'd go with Stuart Dallas. He's the type of guy who I like to be given that kind of award. Like he's a player who, don't get me wrong, I liked him in the championship. I thought he was a very, very solid championship player. But no way would I have thought he would be arguably Leeds' most integral player in a Premier League season. That for me, that that is what clinches it for him. Yeah, Tom, what are you thinking? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with Stuart Dallas as much as I don't like Leeds. I'll, I'll, I'll agree with Stuart Dallas. That's fine. Right. So the next topic we're going to go on to and the final award is the biggest disappointment of the season. Tom, we'll start with you. Who's your biggest disappointment? The biggest disappointment of the season for me has to be Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. He's just been so poor compared to his usual standards. From like golden boot winner to be, he scored 10 goals this season, which for a player of his standard and his quality just is not good enough. You know, we've seen Arsenal's season so far. I think they were, they were very lucky to finish where they were. And I think that, I don't know, I, I can't I can't put anyone other than Aubameyang because when, 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 I, when I look at Aubameyang, the word disappointing comes to mind this season. So biggest disappointment for me has to be him. So poor. They relied on Lacazette way more. I know Leon's opinion on Lacazette have changed this season. That's probably because of how poor Aubameyang has been. That Lacazette's had to step up and become a better player than 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 he normally is. So I've I've gone with Aubameyang. Ed, I've gone with Kai Havertz because he's not been great at Chelsea. He's not always been picked. And I don't think Frank Lampard did him any favours whatsoever playing him out wide when he is a number 10. Um, And I really liked him at Leverkusen. He was a top, top player, one of the best number 10s in Europe, in my opinion. And I was really excited to see him in England. I was like, oh, this is a guy who I want to be analysed on match today. Like, I really want to see him. But he's really not lived up to my expectations for a number of reasons. Leon? Mine's very similar to Ed's. I've gone Chelsea's transfer business as a, as a whole last season. Very disappointing. 
I feel like they just scraped top four by they lost against Villa and they only they only got top four by Leicester losing. Whereas at the start of the season, we would have all said they should have easily got top three easily. I thought they might have been title challenge this season. And you look at maybe Mendy's the only one that's been good this year. Like Werner has shown that he could be good. Like mm. he's got the potential to be good. And Havertz playing as like a false nine striker, Sean's been good. Obviously he got he was playing well against in terms against Madrid. But where they are and where they could have been, I feel like they're drastically further back than what they could have been this year. Obviously, they got lucky with Thomas Tuchel, whereas they've got like a top five manager in the world at the minute. But if if they they kept to Frank Lampard, they would have finished like eight to ten. So I feel like Chelsea transfer business biggest disappointment. But I want to I want to talk about Bamyang, right? Because this guy has had malaria and his mum's dad. Is it mum or dad died this year? And he's still got double figures. I was at this point. Obviously, obviously, this, obviously, he got Premier League goal the season before. But for a guy to contract a disease and for his mum to die and still get double figures, that's pretty all right. But he only contracted malaria at the end of the season. He's still got... Right. Obviously, for the rest of the season. <laughs> yeah, he missed about one or two games, didn't he? He has a poor season by his standards. But that's just, just how good of a player he is rather than, like... Like obviously, which is why he's a disappointment. But he hasn't been the biggest disappointment, though, has he? Um, yeah, for me, I've, I've he got the biggest disappointment. Thomas Partey. He's been awful. Uh, why is this? Why is this? He's been he's awful, like, he's, mate. He's been so bad. Like, I, I, defensively, he's been inept. I, I just don't think the pace of the Premier League has suited him whatsoever. I thought he'd come in and like give. I think Chak has been the better one out of the two. I think he's made Chak a better player. He's deteriorated. His party. Have you seen his shooting ability as well? It's all. Oh, that is bad. That is bad. This and guy. Then, this guy. Yeah. And I've also, I've also gone with Thiago. I mean, mm. come on. I right. fifty million. And what did he do? He's done well the last like few games, and that's when Liverpool have massively picked up. What? I'm sorry. That's that's just not enough, though, is it? Like. They won out of their last ten, which is what got them into third no, place. I, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not. I'm not having that. I'm, I'm not having that. He's had a good season. He, he's a bit no, no, not a good season. But yeah. I don't think he's the biggest disappointment of the season because when he did turn up, was at the most important part of the season, which is ultimately what has wasn't got it every game he started at one point. It wasn't it at some point in the season every game he started they'd lost. Not in the last. Not in the last. Yeah, no, in the last season, like, which was yeah, the most no, important. But, no, but up to about up to about March, every game he started and they'd lost. I feel like that's partially coincidence because like Van Dyke was out and all that. I mean, he's also yeah, had yeah. an injury, which I guess that suggests as well. Because yeah, he didn't really have many injuries at Bayern, so I guess you could argue that you know, yeah, he's definitely not been value for money. Uh, I think you know, I think I, I mean, if if you're putting, I'd say Kai Havertz in there, who had says improved since Tuchel's come in. I guess you've got to also consider Thiago as being quite poor as well. And also, if you say that he's like he stepped up in the last ten games where it was most important, why was it the most important? Like, why was that the most important? Because he'd been so poor for the rest of the season that made those last ten so difficult for Liverpool. I think that I I I I'm happy to put Thiago in in amongst that. Like, I think he's been really poor and not the player that we thought he was. Because I thought he was the best midfielder in the world before he came to. Yeah, I agree with that. I thought him and De Bruyne were like sort of on par with maybe Bruno as well, but now I don't think he's anywhere near them. And the last ten games, he's he's been like he's been seven out of ten, I think, in most games. But 
I don't think he's been good enough to warrant, you know, not being in this discussion. Yeah, when he was at Bayern, he was a magician on the ball. Like, he was brilliant. I, 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 just I, I, I don't think he would made up for the Premier League anyway, because you look at his frame. I don't want to be one of them guys like a boomer, like, oh, he's below six foot, he's not going to have the right frame for the Premier League, but he just likes, he just wants to get the ball off the ball way too easily. Like, I feel like, that's the thing, it's his age. Like, he's not one of them younger, promising players. He has to hit the ground running. Same with Thomas Potty. You have to, you, you pay the money for them to be instant success. Have they both been instant successes? No. So you can't really say, you can't really say he's had a good season or even an average season. It's been a disappointment because you paid for the best in the midfield in the world. Has he been the best in the midfield in the world? No. It's a, it's a disappointment then. But I, 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 what would you say about Sheffield United as a whole team? That's good. That's good. I feel like. The thing is, I expected it. I think I think we saw the early signs. I expected them to drop off. But no, no, I expected no, them to drop no, off, but not this severely. I mean, yeah, I did because I put in, I predicted them to be relegated. But I mean, at the end, I, I honestly did. Like, I mean, my mates start season we put yeah. like a prediction together. I put them in the bottom three because I think you yeah. saw the early signs of it after lockdown last year. They just were completely off the pace. I think people had figured them out in terms of the, the way they yeah, use absolutely. those overlapping centre backs. Um, without it was when crowd. Jack O'Connell got injured as well because um, he was their main overlapping centre-back. And also without crowds, I think they really struggled as well. So, I mean, I expected it, but I can see how it would be a lot, a big disappointment in a lot of people's eyes as well. I kind of, like, I expected them to maybe go down, but not without a trace, not like one of the worst Prem teams ever. Like, they're on, like, a villa that season when they were awful. Yeah, they, like, they barely ever scored. And that and that Sunderland season that was like really depressing for them. I didn't expect them to be on a par with that. I mean to say I they scored I mean to say they scored twenty something goals, they scored five against Manchester United. Yeah. <laughs> how many goals how many goals did they score all season? They scored something like um I think they scored something like twenty something goals. I think they put five past Man United total this season. Yeah, they scored 20 goals this season. Jesus. And, and Goldrick scored almost half five of, goals. five of them came against Man United. So, I mean, what, what are we saying then? Who, who are we going to go with for the biggest disappointment? Uh, I think I'll go Thiago. I'm thinking about Thiago. I the biggest disappointment. Um, I mean, Thiago, I'm saying Thiago, I'd say. I can't look past Aubameyang. I, I think mean, he's been... What is it? What is it? Right, Leon, can you, can you look at Aubameyang and say, yeah, I'm, I'm pleased so, with what Aubameyang's done this season? No, but like, Thiago's generally been bad. Aubameyang's got double figures. That's not bad. That's just below Aubameyang's average goal output. If he got like four goals and like he was like making a team worse, I'd be like, all right. But he's still like an influential player on this team. Whereas I would start him. Thiago's getting to the point now where I wouldn't even start him for Liverpool. I'd put Henderson in there over, over Thiago any day of the week. I wouldn't even say this season Aubameyang has been a key player for Arsenal. I literally think it's his name that's protected him because he's been below par for most of the season. But the moment he scored one goal, people are like, oh, is Aubameyang good again? Is it just one player scoring one goal? But because of what he's done in the past, people kind of cling on to it a lot more. You know what? I'm, I'm going to switch mine to Aubameyang, actually. You've, 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 you've switched. Oh, what's going on here? What's going on here? <laughs> 
Leon, I think it's settled, mate. I think I think Aubameyang's the biggest disappointment of the season. <laughs> he was the most expensive to refer fantasy football at the start of the season as well. It's it's the it's the it's a contract curse. We give people big contracts and they turn into flops. Mesdals or Bayern. <laughs> whoever's, whoever's in charge of the contract, it's not giving them three fifty a week because then they turn into like. Bayern's played like Travis Scott this year. Like he's been rubbish. Like it's not even. So, so what are you supposed to do? Just uh, let yeah. leave I'm but <laughs> he's not still legend, so I can't really hate him. He can score like four. No, he's a legend. He's got the keys to London. He can be rubbish now for the rest of his career, but in my opinion, he's he's been great for us. Also. Anyway, I, I think that's absolutely I, mean, I, mean, I think if we're going to Bamiyang on that... Yeah, I'm going to Bamiyang now. I think that rounds it off, boys. So, that's the Premier League season. That's who we believe gets the awards for the season. Um... There's still Euros coming up, so we can analyse those in Champions League. We can do previews probably for that. So, I mean, thank you boys for being on today. Um, no worries. We hope you all look good. See you, mate. Bye. Good about.